people will gravitate towards things at different times, depending on when it's relevant for them. And so I do believe that your community or your tribe and supporters will find you and support you. And that's important. And I also think it's really, really important to constantly be giving back. And so I guess that's why I love what I do with with Shine Businesswomen. It's not technically a not-for-profit organisation, but literally everything we do, you know, we just aim to draw even because it's all a case of let's give back, let's contribute and let's help others rise because I'm a firm believer in if you help others to rise, well, then you will rise as a result. You will benefit from that. You know, you will develop those friendships and relationships and they're so important. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. This week on the Self Love Podcast, I'm proud to bring to you a beautiful soul, Zoe Sparks. This amazing woman has owned her own award-winning travel, conference and event management company, Spectacular Events, for the last 23 years. Spectacular Events delivers conferences, events, expos and exhibitions for up to a thousand attendees at any one time and has also been one of the main people here on the coast to offer group travel packages and options for schools, clubs and major events. She was even the person that supported me to take my travel groups to India, New Zealand, France and all the other places that I have run my personal events. She's pretty extraordinary. And you can imagine in this time and day what's happened to the travel industry. So it is with absolute pleasure that we actually take a look right down and deep into what is going on in the travel industry and how many people have been really truly affected. But the cool thing about Zoe is she's always someone who rises from the ashes. She's also the founder of Shine Businesswoman which was launched in early 2018 and is making a huge impact in the area of professional and personal development for women in business. She's been recognized twice as Queensland Telstra Businesswoman of the Year. She's a finalist and has also been the winner of the Sunshine Coast Outstanding Businesswoman of the Year. Zoe has a proven track record for success and achievement. Her experience in small business is not only as a business owner, but also as a franchisee, board and committee member, companies and not-for-profit organizations, and as a volunteer. She is super passionate about women in business and reward and recognition, which has led her to authoring three small business books sharing the tips and tricks she has learned over the years, plus two books that feature the stories of women in business, Shining the Spotlight and Shining the Spotlight, The Journey Continues. The launch of Shining the Spotlight unleashed the podcast last year and was also an instant success. I know you're going to love today's podcast. Zoe is down-to-earth, pragmatic, and very beautifully realistic on what is going on in the world here and now. I urge you to follow her Check out all her socials and the notes at the end of this podcast and also make sure that if you are someone who is an aspiring entrepreneur or perhaps you're in business already or perhaps you're feeling a little low, you may well indeed enjoy being a part of the Shine Businesswoman Network, which is a global network based on bringing people together to inspire, to support, I'll tell you actually what Shine stands for, to support, help, inspire nurture and empower women 
all over the world. She's a beautiful soul inside and out. She's a mum of two boys. You're going to love this story. Cannot wait to hear your thoughts and feedback on my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28, or on my Facebook page, Kim Morrison, or you can head to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. And remember, if you would like to be a part of my Essential Self-Care Weekend or my Self-Love and Wellness Mentorship Program, then please also head over to 28.com and kimmorrison.com. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and feedback on this week's amazing self-love podcast. Well, as you can hear, the beautiful Zoe Sparks is certainly someone who I look up to, I aspire to, and kind of want to be her when I grow up. She is a phenomenal businesswoman, an incredible uh, entrepreneur, and certainly a, a champion of all women in business. And I just feel it's a huge honor to invite not only an award-winning businesswoman onto the show, but also a mum and someone who really does aspire constantly each and every day to get herself up at and into the day and always about looking at supporting every single woman out there. Welcome to the self-love podcast, beautiful Zoe Sparks. Thank you, Kim. Gosh, that was a big wrap. That's hard to live up to. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. It's you wholeheartedly, my friend. And just, yeah, as I said, you are somebody I very much admire, particularly in the business world. You've been a huge supporter of me over many, many years. And, you know, even right back to our boys playing rugby and all of those sorts of things, we've we've travelled quite a, a long path together, haven't we? Oh, we have. And um, we've talked about this before. It's, it's, it's over 15 years, isn't it? Even 15 to 20 years now, which is just amazing because I'm the same. I, I watch everything you do and, and what you do for others and how much you promote self-care, which is just so important. And we don't focus on that enough, a lot of us, that... Um, Yeah, I could be you when I grow up too. (laughs) (laughs) I know, we belong to the Mutual Admiration Society really. But, you know, for people that don't know you and haven't had the privilege of being in your company or in your sphere with all the work that you do, perhaps you could give us a little brief background as to how you came to being, who you are and what you're doing now and why you have such a love for supporting women in business. Yeah, and I think, well, that stems back to um, in the early 2000s, I had started to set up. So I've always worked in travel and events. I've done that straight out of school. So I started work as a travel agent in Caloundra on the Sunshine Coast. So I've been here for a long, long time and sort of worked my way up to being their national consultant of the year in the late 90s and moved to Sydney to work for Travelland head office. And part of my job there was to put together their conferences for their franchise group. And so that sort of um, added to my niche. And so travel and events has always been me, which I absolutely love. And I lived in Sydney for a few years. I moved back when I had my first son. And because I'd always wanted to, I had fallen into having my own business in, um, in North Sydney in the late 90s at at the end of my time there and um, absolutely loved it. And even though I wanted to start a family, didn't really have any family and supporters to help me down there, but still knew I really wanted to work and continue with my business. So we moved back to the Sunshine Coast because most of my family are here. So I set up my first travel agency in Karamundi in June 2000. So long, long time ago now. And really have been here on the coast flying the flag in all sorts of travel and events during that time. I've 
always worked on the corporate side and group side of travel. That's my great passion is you know, showing the world to groups of people and supporting corporate groups, school groups, sporting groups, uh, special interest tours, which um, you've done many of those too with your, your wonderful people, which is terrific. And we guess I, we went through the award circuit. So by um, 2005, I had three travel centres here on the coast. We had staff in each location. So we were in Karamundi, Malulabar, and I had a little corporate office tucked away in Cotton Tree as well, where we service some of our national accounts um, out of Sydney, which a lot of people wouldn't even know. And I was always a big um, advocate for, you know, pushing your business, celebrating your staff, looking at reward and recognition. I've always been a big supporter of reward and recognition. So we did the award circuit, as I call it, in the mid 2000s and that's where my love for celebrating women really came about so I was fortunate my travel centers and I as a leader and my staff as salespeople and uh, customer service advocates I guess we sort of you know were winning awards and so we, we gained a bit of profile here on the Sunshine Coast which was tremendous but I loved that whole connecting with women networking building relationships shining the spotlight on women, which is, you know, one of my taglines for today with my, my Shine program. But one of the greatest privileges out of winning those awards and doing well was that I did get to meet lots of people and um, businesswomen in particular would come up and ask me, well, how did you do it or what have you done? Looking for tips and things to share. And that's how I've sort of ended up in that whole mentoring women space and it's something I absolutely love and um, often I get caught with you know I could do that full-time and I love to do that full-time but I also love travel and events so I wear lots of hats and um, I've always worn lots of hats and that's something that I really enjoy about my career and where I am but I do really love I'm at a point now that I do love shining the light on other women and helping them with their professional and personal business development and I love to see that happen because I learned so much and I love sharing that, you know, all of my things I've learned over the years. I love sharing that with others to help them on their own paths and journeys. I find that so rewarding. Well, you do do it incredibly well. There is no denying that your experience in both the corporate and travel world has certainly served all of us who have, you know, engaged in your skills and your beautiful services, especially for me taking groups either to New Zealand or India or over yeah. to France. I've been very grateful for that. But, you know, the travel industry has taken a real hit and it's something I never thought I'd ever see in my lifetime. And I'm just curious, um, being so close to the ground in this, what do you think this, you know, this pandemic is doing to the travel industry and do you think we'll ever recover? It's, it's an interesting thing. And if I take myself back to March last year, um, and I'll never forget this. It's one of those um, moments that you just don't forget in time. And I was actually at a head office conference in Wollongong and it was about the 4th or 5th of, of March, I think. And there were 300 travel agents or travel managers in the room and we were there for, you know, growth, personal development, keynote speakers, all the excitement. And uh, um, CEO of, of Hello World, which I'm part of the Hello World group, um, came in he sat down and he basically said, this is what is going to happen over the next two weeks. And we all sat there going, oh, don't be ridiculous. There's no way this is going to happen. And, 
you know, we just couldn't even conceive that that could be what would happen in the world. Yet, true to form, every single thing he said that day um, did eventuate. And it's amazing how resilient we've all become, as in, as I say, you could have picked any of us up off the floor. It was just not possible. But then watching what's unfolded and what we've all had to deal with, so not only our industry. But, um, you know, I won't lie, the last 12 to 18 months has been the toughest I've ever experienced in business um, because, you know, I have chosen to always work in that corporate and group space, which is numbers and, and getting big groups of people together, which is fantastic, but we just haven't been able to, to do that. And it, it's been heartbreaking because I have so many travel agent friends that have been in the industry for 30 years like I have. Some of them are really high profile people with massive businesses in Sydney and Melbourne and just watching what they've had to go through with the whole refunding, dealing with people, the emotional toll it's taken. They do so much and have been doing so much to retain their staff and look after people. And it's been such a roller coaster. And every time we think, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, even even last week, you know, we had started to get to a point where things were moving forward, things were, you know, we were all quite confident. And then watching what has happened in, in Sydney and Melbourne again over the past few weeks, it, it's just devastating. Um, you know, we're, we've literally gone back to exactly where we were last March, where nearly everything we have on our books is now postponed. And some of those things, some of those things were back onto our third go. You know, we tried, we were doing, we were putting it together in 2019 to run in 2020, couldn't happen. We rolled over into 2021. Now we're starting to postpone and we're looking at 2022. And it's it's gigantic. And I, I think the big thing is that being in our industry, we can see what's happening. And I think we always knew it was going to be a lot longer. Than what was portrayed in the, in the media and as time goes on you know it, it it will be I don't think it will be until 2023 2024 that we really start to move freely again it will all come down to vaccination um, passports and each country will have different um, different parameters they have different scope I was reading a fascinating article about where different countries of the world grade different vaccinations so we're used to what we hear from our government and where they think we should be, but other countries in Europe think completely different. Um, and so it's going, it's going to be massive. It is going to be massive. And I truly believe we'll start moving again early next year. I do think that will start to happen, but I do think it's still two or three years away before we get to any sense of what we would call normal or what was normal back in 2019. And, and will it ever go back to that again? I don't know is the answer. Well, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there where each country has different parameters. Yep. I mean, each person in this world has different parameters on yep. whether they believe vaccination's the answer or not the answer. And I find it incredibly challenging for me particularly to think that my ability to travel as a healthy adult will come down to me being vaccinated or not. And I just, it's not that I disagree entirely. I don't know enough about any of it to really truly make an informed decision. But I know right here, right now, it is a real challenge for a lot of people. 
ultimately, I do believe whether you're into believing in the vaccination passport or not, ultimately, we all want the same thing, and that is greater health and safety in all of those regards. Do you think there's a space and a place where we can be respectful of everybody, or do you think it'll be a one rule suits all? I think it will be, and, and it is, it's so tough because I, I'm exactly like you are. I believe that people should have their freedom to choose and, and freedom to do what they wish. But I think what I've really learned over the past 12 months in particular is we actually don't have all those freedoms all the time. And, you know, that's, that's been really hard. Um, you know, the, the pent-up, if I look at travel, the pent-up demand and the desire for people to get moving, to do things, to see their families, um, to travel around the world, you know, it's there. If, if the borders were open and the countries were open, everyone would be there in a heartbeat. And I think it doesn't matter wherever you live because I, I still have a lot of family um, and friends that I'm in touch with in the UK. And, you know, they're going through similar challenges. Some of them are different but all very similar. And I think what's what's really opened my eyes over the last 12 months is that we actually are told what to do and we don't have any say in that in some ways and and if I'm honest I think that will happen with the vaccination passports I really do because I think it will get to be that it it is that safety and it is and the issues will come about in that every country wants to treat it differently and it's going to be really interesting to watch that um and the article I was reading it was all talking about how so the most popular vaccine in the world at the moment and what is supported by the most countries is AstraZeneca. And I read that and thought, oh, my gosh, you know, that's in the news here all the time for that we don't want to really go down that track if, if, if we can't. We're in other sections and you hear of people that are being vaccinated in the States with vaccines that we don't even have and we won't recognise that and let them in. So that's why I think we have a very long road back because whereas I support and agree with freedom of choice and we should be able to do what we do ultimately at the moment some of these parameters and restrictions will stay in place and we will just have to do it um, or make the sacrifice that we won't travel and travel around freely and someone said the other day it's actually quite similar to if you go to certain countries in South America for instance you need to have certain um, like yellow fever and there's a yellow fever passport. Now in Australia, we have always been firm on if you haven't got that, uh, if you've been to those certain countries and you don't have that yellow fever vaccination, we won't let you in. And so it's a similar thing. It's just such a greater scale. And I guess we've never had our, we've never had our hands tied before and been told that we can't do things, have we? <laughs> and that's, Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Maybe it's just a case of waiting. You know, it's very hard. Mm. I don't know if control is the right word, but it's very challenging to have a whole world, a planet full of people um, come together and agree. And I guess that's what makes us such beautiful individuals and the right of freedom of choice and freedom of speech and all of those things. Um, Looking at it from that perspective, just what you said then about yellow fever, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing because travel nowadays, compared to even when I was a teenager, you, you also alluded to it previously that you've got family back in the UK. I mean, it is a global world now. It's not like we get on a ship for six weeks to move countries. We really have the joy of within 24 hours, we can almost be on the other side of the world. 
So I think, you know, or I'm asking you, do you think we took it a little for granted? Do you think this whole thing has actually, is there a bigger purpose to this from an esoteric or unconscious level? Do you think there's something a little bit bigger than us that could be perhaps controlling this? Do you have any sort of insights from that angle? I don't have any insights, but I I do agree with that. Um, as you mentioned before, we were at a point that if you wanted to go somewhere, you just jumped on a plane and you did it. And if you wanted to take, you know, groups of people to Canada or Europe or wherever, you just planned it and you did it. And all of a sudden we're being told, well, no, you can't and this isn't going to happen. And you've, you've got different people because you, there's a whole set of people out there that are very, I want to travel, I'm going to go, I, d- I don't care about this, I don't care about what's happening, you know, I want to go. And then you've also got a lot of people that are very frightened, they're very frightened, they don't want to move, they're very keep the borders shut, we, we, we can't live with this. Others have the, the view that, well, you know, we're going to have to learn how to live with this. And that's the challenge is, is that everybody does have bif- different views and opinions And in all honesty, they're all right, aren't they? Like, you know, you've got your own belief system and there's nothing wrong with that. We should be individuals. And so to be curved, um, it is quite interesting. And and it is, we were so global in every aspect and all of a sudden we've gone so far backwards. It it is interesting. As as I say, I, I often look back, probably because of my industry, I often look back to where we were in March and that's why I'll never forget that conversation because it was just incredible, you know, and even that day there were people crying, saying, oh, no, you know, it's just started, it'll be over in a couple of weeks. And yet you realise that 18 months on and we are still in this, you know, situation where we just can't travel travel freely. And I think in Australia we're so blessed and we've been so lucky that we haven't had it as severe um, or as radical in in you know, like some other countries, and the toll it's taken on us. In, in some ways, we just don't realise the enormity of it, I think, sometimes um, mm. as to what's happening in other places. Let's let's look at it from a parent's point of view. Yeah. You had children at high school um, and you've seen other parents that have had to endure this. Let's talk about the, the year 12ers in Australia and, of course, in New Zealand, the year 13s, who have really missed out on those last couple of years of high school. As a mum, when I say missed out, you, I'm talking about the celebration, yeah. the joy, the, the having made it. You know, How do you think that's impacted families and parents and these beautiful young humans that haven't been able to celebrate their final years of yeah, school? Yeah, and you've hit the nail on the head there. It's the celebration because I've got two boys, as you know, and my youngest actually was in grade 12 last year. So um, he's a very you know, level-headed, go with the flow, just make it work type guy. And, you know, he did, he was doing his online stuff. He was doing what he needed to do. He wasn't too, too phased. And then it, it was quite interesting. I think it was about September, October. And he looked at me one day and he said, do you know what, mum, it's just really rough. Like I look at everything that Lockie did and Lockie's by elder son, and we haven't got to do any of that. We've missed out on so many things. And, you know, we haven't got to do those things as, as a group and I don't get to see my friends the same and all of them were turning 18 and none of them could go out and have their, you know, celebration and all those sorts of things. And, you know, they're, they're 
all great kids, although all the kids I know, most of them are, are great kids. They're all supportive and they don't complain and they're getting, but you look at it and you think, gosh, what a shame. Like they have missed out some of those things. Um, and I often say, we're obviously being in travel, we've been a family that have always traveled the world. And, you know, I've said a few times to them, we're so lucky that we've done what we've done because who knows when it will be that we can do those sorts of great big or people can do those great big family holidays again where they you know, go away for six weeks and do all of Europe or they go to America skiing and checking all things out. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful we've got those memories. But it's a shame that others don't get that same experience, isn't it? Yeah, I really have felt for them. And then it brings us into, and I know it's probably not really um, either of our complete expertise, but I do think from a mental health perspective, and we could even take it back to the pilots and people working in the travel industry and also, you know, people that use travel as part of their work and things, it really has affected so many people on so many levels, but particularly from a psychological mental side of things. Do you have any thoughts as to what we can do to get through this? Is it just a case of battening down the hatches and soldiering on until we crawl, th- yeah, crawl our well, way out? you're familiar with the work. So I have a networking group called Shine Businesswomen, which is primarily it's aimed at developing um, or offering business skills, workshops, conferences to women in business to um, develop them personally and professionally. And we've gained quite a group and there's a particular core group in there that are very supportive of each other and spend a lot of time together. And sort of mid last year, they were saying, look, you know, can we just get together for coffee? Can we, we get a few coffee mornings? And, you know, I knew it was important to keep them sort of fairly tight. So whoever was talking, you know, we'd go and grab a coffee. And the interesting thing was so we would have a, a, a small group of women and I would always start off by saying, you know, just tell us a little bit about how, how COVID's affecting you. And, you know, I was interested to see how it was affecting different people because from what I've seen outside, people have either, some have really thrived and have done really, really well and their businesses have grown enormously and they've had so much opportunity and others have just been down in the depths wondering what do I do where do I go? You know, it's sort of extremes one way or the other. But the interesting part of those conversations was what came out was women were talking about, you know, not only are we worrying about our business or our jobs and what we're doing, we're dealing with looking after the kids' homeschooling and it was taking the toll on the children. And also, you know, the husbands or partners were working from home, which they weren't necessarily dealing with so well. And so it was that the, the woman of the household was had a lot to shoulder and, you know, they were doing their best as, as women do to nurture and look after their family members and be supportive. And so the hard part was, was that they were neglecting themselves or didn't have the chance to speak up because they were supporting, you know, everybody else in their household. And, Again, we, we had women, you know, one one broke down and, and was very, you know, I'm sorry that I'm I'm so upset. It's just been so hard. It's just great to sit here and have a coffee. And the the mental and emotional toll on everyone, I think, is is massive and shouldn't be underestimated because we're also always taught to, you know, put on a brave face and we're doing well. And people often get caught up in watching the social media highlights of people and 
you know, being given the opportunity just to be able to speak up and chat and, you know, it, it's, it's incredible. And I think the whole self-care, which obviously is your area of expertise and, you know, recognising that and pushing that is going to be so, so important in the years to come because I don't think we're even at the tip of the iceberg by how much this is affecting everybody. You know, we're sort of going through the motions almost, but there will come a point that we need to look after ourselves and step back and, and look at, well, what do we do next? I agree. And I think what's so challenging on that is it's, you know, this is where it can sometimes seem selfish. I've had people say to me, oh, but I feel selfish if I do something nice for myself when other people are struggling. But I think the real beautiful thing about doing something for yourself, even if it's, I don't know, going and getting your nails done or buying yourself a lipstick, there's a there's a thing called the lipstick indicator that always shows through tough times. What's fascinating is red lipstick sales go up no matter how tough times times are, wars, or any sort of, um, I guess, national or global problem, lipstick, red lipstick in particular, goes up in sales. And it's seen as, it's called the lipstick indicator, and it's seen as the one little thing that a woman can do nice for herself and treat herself through all of these things. And so I guess what you're alluding to there is that we, we do something little, it doesn't have to be huge, but do something nice for ourselves to keep topping our tank. And that cup of coffee, that's five, six dollar cup of coffee with a group of someone, even if it's over Zoom at the moment, if you can't get out, that connection is something that is critical. I'm not even going to say it's important. It is critical for humans, for us to evolve. And I think that real thing that you're talking about, the connection to self and connection to others cannot be underestimated. I, we just had on the news yesterday, Zoe, that a, a local actor, an Australian actor has taken his life and I, I dare say we're not getting the full results of what's actually going on out there. Um, the travel industry has been one industry, but obviously the entertainment industry has been another one. You were the first person I rang when I realised I had to get my daughter home from Germany and it was a real, it's been a real shame to watch the whole dance and entertainment and arts world come crashing down as well have you had any fallout or any thoughts around what that's doing or is there any sort of hint in your opinion that that's opening up again in some way yeah I think and and I truly at the moment as soon as confidence gets up it's quite interesting it we keep and obviously we don't determine when the outbreaks happen but they do seem to always happen around school holidays and public holidays and it's that's just the luck of the draw but um you know, the, you see the impact that has on people. And I think with particularly a lot of that, um, you know, the entertainment world, the arts world, the sporting world, you know, it, it is such a shame because whole industries are just being wiped out. And it, people know, but I think until you're experiencing it, and that's probably what I've learned in the last 12 months, and I've had to be brave. You know, I'm used to mentoring women and, and almost being the... Um, not the mother, that's a shocking term, but, you know, someone that people will come to and have a chat to. And there have been so many times in the last 12 months that I've wanted to say, hey, you know, I'm actually doing it quite tough. It's the workload and what you're putting in. And for those guys that, um, you know, they're so creative and that's their whole world, it, it's actually their whole, not only their their job, but their whole personality and their whole everything is affected. You know, not only are they not able to work, 
it's stifling their creativity. And there's a lot of people based on personality type, as you know, that they need to be out there in crowds and they need to be talking to people and singing on stage and being able to dance. And, um, you know, sometimes we watch, watch what happens and it seems so harsh that, you know, particular industries have just been so affected by it and in, in, a, in a devastating way. And, um, you know, again, I think it's going to be a long time before things can return to normal for those people. And that's when they start to think, well, what do I do? Because I know that's how I felt last year. And I started to channel more of my energy into my women's group, the Shine Business Women group. And I also set up a um, corporate hamper business, Sunshine Boxes, which just came out of nowhere, really. And it was needing to be doing something that was valid, important, that I enjoyed and keep that momentum going. Because, you know, when the world stops traveling, you literally sit here with nothing to do. And that's what those poor people, you know, in the entertainment industry are doing. And as I say, in some ways, I think because it's just a part of who they are and their whole personality, it would be a whole new level. It's a whole reason for being. I agree with you entirely. And that's where I guess the word pivot, I've heard that a number of times, how we've all pivoted in this place that we found ourselves in as a business coach and mentor and as a woman championing other businesswomen and doing all the amazing work that you're doing. And can I just say that that incredible sunshine boxes was another way that you have connected businesses to continue to shine. And I think it was just such an, it is an incredible initiative. I think that's what I love about you is the way that you do pivot but how are you inspiring or what would be your suggestion to someone listening to this how do you pivot like how do you stay buoyant and focused and keep looking for more opportunities yeah and I think it is always looking for opportunities and and I'm a person who does that by nature anyway in everything that I do um and it's funny because sometimes people will say why boxes like where did that come from and It's actually because a lot of the groups that we do that usually come to the Sunshine Coast, if you think about the Sunshine Coast, we actually don't have many hotels. Most most of it is apartment motel-style accommodation where they don't have restaurants and they don't have, um, you know, they don't necessarily have a cafe on site or somewhere to have breakfast. And so when we were organising groups, we're often asked for, well, you know, how do we get cheese and wine or where can we get that brought in or what do we do about breakfast? And so the actual... um, initiative came about was okay let's put some foodie style boxes together that could be delivered to hotels and and you know other such um places because the coast has been thriving with with tourists which is great and you know then pamper boxes was the other thing that came to mind was well okay if you're in a hotel and there may be some restrictions and you're in there well how can we you know enable you to give yourself some self-care and some love so that's where it all came about but it was really jumped on by by corporate um, businesses. So it's looking for that opportunity. So I've used my relationships to talk to people about the new things that I've, I'm doing. And because they know me and have faith in me, they're, oh, great, tell us about it and, and let's get involved. And I think that's the thing. It's reaching out and networking and talking to people. And sometimes, you know, the ideas will just come through and, you um, you know, now I can tie bows absolutely fantastically on my boxes now. But when I first started, <laughs> I would ask for help to get that done so that it looked how I wanted them to present. And sometimes you've just got to be prepared to ask for help and take a chance and look at something different. And, 
Yeah, and also pursue what you love. I mean, I absolutely love food, supporting local, working with local businesses. And the whole boxes or Sunshine Boxes has really allowed me, I've developed a whole new set of connections that are in that small producing world. Um, And so I get a good feeling out of, well, okay, I'm supporting local businesses and helping them too. And I think that whole collaboration working with other people, you know, sometimes those ideas will just come through and then if, if you're someone that looks for the opportunity, then you can look as, well, how can I grow that or how can I take that further? And it's being brave. You, you do have to push yourself sometimes, we all do, to be brave enough to say yes and, and try something different. I think what you said before about different personalities as well is quite important that if nothing else, this whole time that the world is in right now is pushing us to maybe go beyond our comfort zone, maybe step outside the norm or what we know. And it is really challenging in us. And if we can look at that with a positive lens of, you know, whenever we are confronted with challenge, it is actually an opportunity for growth and expansion. But I get it that we're in the depths of despair or when we're really worried or upset, it can be incredibly hard to see something bright and shiny in the midst of that. But as you and I both know, we've climbed out of many holes together and independently. I was just wondering if there's something even before this whole time that you could share with us that's, you know, that's been quite challenging for you and how even before COVID you actually have been someone who keeps on rising. What do you think your qualities are? Or could you give us an example of a time when you've really struggled and yet somehow turned it around apart from this time now? Yeah, I think sometimes because, you know, I have worked hard at building a profile and and that has been to serve my business and and it has always been to how can I grow my business, how can I help others, and I believe that you've got to put yourself forward and, and be brave enough to do that, to do it. So I don't have a problem with that. But sometimes then there's there's the expectation of people and, you know, they do tend to sometimes put you on a bit of a pedestal. Oh, she's she's doing great and she's doing well. And it, it, it is sometimes you've just got to say, well, well no, hey, I, I face exactly the same challenges that you do and face exactly the same issues. It's, it's how you tackle it. And um, I spend a lot of time when I'm mentoring ladies, it seems to be in that, um, giving them or trying to help them find their confidence to put themselves forward and, and to shine. And I'm lucky that my personality, is, I've never had an issue with that. I, I've just always been able to put myself out there, not really worry too much about the consequences and, um, you know, I'll give anything a shot. And sometimes I spend a lot of time sort of encouraging other women to do those sorts of things because a lot of the time they have the ideas and they, if they have the motivation and they know exactly what they'd like to do. And it's not that they're not confident, but they struggle to push themselves through that barrier to, to give things a go. Um, and as I say, I've always been quite lucky. I, I do look at it from a business perspective as in, you know, give it a shot because if it doesn't work out, you know, look at what's the worst possible thing that can happen. And Often when you think about what is the worst possible thing that can happen, it, it could be that someone says no or they decide to not, not reject you, but they reject that idea. And I'm a big believer in that they're not rejecting you. It's just not the right time for them or it's not the right thing for them and that's why they don't want to buy into it. And 
that's okay. You know, that's, that's all right. But that's where a lot of people really struggle. They take it quite personally. And so I will spend quite a lot of time on, um, you know, having the confidence to step forward. And then if it doesn't work out, well, then knowing that, yeah, don't take it personally. It is just a situation. It could be the timing, could be the opportunity, and that you should keep looking for opportunities and, and keep growing. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are frightened of networking, whereas, you know, I'm quite happy to go and put myself in a room and I'll find someone to talk to and, you know, not not be so worried about other people's perceptions. And I honestly think that's one of the um, contributors to my success or my way of, you know, planning on, well, I'm going to put a conference together and I'm just going to do it. I'll jump in boots and all. I won't look for everyone else's approval or 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 support and obviously I want them to support me and I want them to come on that journey with me but I understand that it you know people will gravitate towards things at different times depending on when it's relevant for them and so I do believe that your community or your tribe and supporters will find you and support you and that's important and I also think it's really really important to constantly be giving back and so I guess that's why I love what I do with with shine businesswomen it's not technically a not-for-profit organisation, but literally everything we do, it, you know, we just aim to draw even because it's all a case of let's give back, let's contribute and let's help others rise because I'm a firm believer in if you help others to rise, well, then you will rise as a result. You will benefit from that. You know, you will develop those friendships and relationships and they're so important. I think it's so pertinent that you talk about this because I think for many of us, we sit there and I've heard people say it many, many times over at the end of the year on New Year's Eve, I wonder what the new year will bring to me. And I've always been one to say, what if you turn that around? I wonder what I can bring to the new year. I think that's one of your winning formulas. It's not what can I take, but what can I give? And that seems to really serve us through challenging times. Perhaps then you could talk to us a little bit about SHINE, um, the acronym and what it means. And, you know, if there's people out there listening to this, that there's an opportunity to be a part of this, isn't there, no matter where they are in the world? Yeah, most definitely. So my aim with SHINE was, as you know, I work in conferences, events and groups, and a, a big key and motivating factor for me is I am lucky. I do get to deliver conferences and events where I see amazing keynote speakers. I get to learn from brilliant people from all around the world and within Australia, experts in their field. And my initial thinking was how can I take some of that and deliver that to small women in small business, basically, small business ladies, because you know, they don't necessarily have the funds for the big conference ticket and nor the time and resources. And they they want to be a part of that, but they might not be part of a franchise group that offers those opportunities. And, um, you know, I know that that's probably a big key to my development is that I'm always learning from those people. So I decided to set up Shine, which we set up about two and a half, no, three, three and a half years ago now, um, where technically it stands for supporting, helping, inspiring, nurturing and empowering women. And I aim that at women of all age, doesn't matter um, what level or experience they have. So whether they're a small business owner, whether they're an employee, whether they're looking at um, starting out, no matter what their age or, or group, that there would be something in there. So 
my signature event is we do a conference every year and that has a range of speakers and you know you're always one of our most popular speakers which is awesome um, to, to focus on different topics so I tend to actually focus on what topics do they need and, and often it's around marketing um, self-care to me is an important one motivation is an important one and you know picking things and then finding the right speaker for that group um, and that works really well. But we also do, there's a podcast, we do a Shining the Spotlight story where we talk about women and their stories and what they're doing, which we share as part of our newsletter and, and social media um, and all sorts of opportunities for them. So if, if you become a member as well, there's a whole library of short videos that sit behind the scenes that sort of help you in all, all different avenues of business. So it really is a way of connecting and bringing women together and it doesn't matter where you're based. We, we focus on it globally and the stories we run are based on women from all around the world as well as all, all throughout Australia. So, um, you yeah, know, we love doing that. And then at the moment, so this week or Friday, we're going to be running an event which is a charity event. And so, again, that's part of my giving back and contributing. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in need at the moment, um, particularly around COVID, where you know, domestic violence has been growing and, and looking for help and support in that way. So we're running a lunch that will support um, one of our local charities, which is great. So I'm always looking, and you said that before, but I'm always looking for how can I contribute or do something for others whilst bringing together a community. And I think that's the whole essence of Shine. You know, I, I do head it, but it's not about me. It's about bringing people together telling their stories and allowing them to meet with like-minded people that, you know, they can build some great connections and look at where that takes them as well, whilst giving back and helping others at the same time. I love that so much about you and you certainly are the queen of contribution. <laughs> Do you think with the things that you've been saying then that you keep mentioning self-care, which I'm really very grateful to, but if you if you believe that self-care and self-love is such a big part of running a successful business or being a successful woman or however that looks, what do you think is the definition of self-love? I think self-love and self-care, and I have a great teacher in you, is doing things for yourself, whether it's something small every day and but looking at what you can fit in. And I know I go through stages, this is me personally now, I'll go through stages of, you know, eating well, exercising well and being full on in boots and all. And But there'll be times when life is so busy and there are other things that are in the way. And so then it's looking at, you know, I love nothing more than having my oils burning. I'm an avid reader. I love to read. That's my time out, sort of taking a break and, and sitting and reading. And I try and do a little bit of that, even if it's just a couple of pages every, every single day. Um, and I'm a person that focuses on real books because I spend all day every day on a computer and email. And so I love that, that escapism. Um, and I think it is just giving that time for yourself. So pampering yourself, giving yourself some time out, allowing yourself to take time out and have a coffee with a friend and just have a, have a chat and a catch up. Um, and then as, as I'm getting older, as we all are, then it's um, you know, really focusing. I'm very conscious at the moment that I've been so caught up in some of my work stuff, which has been unraveling and rebooking and redoing. And um, it's very much well you know, go out and have that healthy walk in the morning because it makes you feel so much better and ready to tackle the day. And I am one of those people that does, um, you know, half an hour that's focused on me in the morning. I'm a very big journaler. I love to write and I love to read. They're my big 
outlets. And so I love to make sure I'm channeling myself into that because I think just resetting your mind and taking time out that gets you away from that work buzz and just enables you just to relax and breathe and you know just just enjoy that little bit of quiet time is always very important to me and it doesn't cost a lot does it and I no, think it's such it a underrated thing isn't it yeah no definitely most definitely and um, I'm a big person I have a range of mists that all sit on my my desk and obviously <laughs> they're, they're pretty much 28 mists but yeah just, just that spray that smell that appealing to your senses and and that to me is absolute heaven you know a, a, a spray mist a cup of tea a good book and I'm happy <laughs> doesn't take much does it <laughs> no. um, if that's the case then as a mum I mean you did a remarkable thing you and your husband eloped and got married over in Scotland which was just incredible how have you managed you know you're a you're a family of all boys um, yeah. how have you managed the masculine energy for want of a better word through these times yeah it, it's it's actually really interesting and I was, so yes, I have remarried, but I was by myself for a long time with my two boys and we have a very, very strong and deep connection and they're amazing guys and they've always been so supportive, but I'm very independent and I've encouraged them to be very independent. So the last couple of years have been quite interesting because we were so used to being a close-knit family of three for so long, even letting someone else in was probably a big thing, but also just dealing with that. You know, my life was um, revolved around my older son is is very into rugby and it was, you know, following him on the rugby field. And so I immersed myself in rugby as the manager because I wanted to be close to that and be a part of their life. So I've often jumped in um, and we are are very strong. It's quite interesting because I look at them now that they're not, neither of them are living at home. They're both both in Brisbane now. And their qualities, um, they're, very, they're very masculine boys that get things done and, you know, they've got all those lovely traits that you hope that your son will end up with. But they've got a very soft and gentle side, which I think comes from, you know, primarily having a mum in their life for most of their years and that's just the way that, that it's been. Um, but it's just great to see that different dynamic. So, you know, they, they, of course, they, they can be blokey boys, but they've got that um, gentle nature and, and kind heart. And I'd like to think that I've helped to, to contribute to that. And we've, we've always been so supportive of each other. You know, we, we, even now, you know, they're 21 and 19, yet we'll still do things together and, and we love to do things together. Um, and they've really, got, they get on well with my husband. We'll all go out together and, and share. And, you know, it's a strong, it's a strong relationship. And, um, you know, as I say, I'm very conscious of I've never been a helicopter parent, but we have a very close bond. And, you know, I, I love that. It, it's my biggest achievement in life is having two boys that have turned out the way they, they are. And now I do look at that I've not I've done my job because I'll always be my children, but now I am taking more time for me and following my own interests and Ian and I will do our own thing and, and look at, well, what are our goals? Where do we want to go? What do we want to do now? And so it's quite interesting, which you will have been through recently as well, is that when your children have grown up, life does change quite a lot. 
And it's very different. At first, I didn't like it, I have to be honest. I used to cry as they drove off and I'd be like, oh, no, it's all good, it's all good, as they drove off. And then I'd go and lie on their pillows and smell them and try and, you know, do all those weird, strange things that mums might do. But I just, I I am conscious that, you know, you have really not only been a great role model in our community, but you've also been an incredible mum, an amazing wife. And I certainly can imagine how proud they are of you. If there was one piece of advice you'd give the listener um, who is obviously listening to this because they have a passion for growth and expansion and understanding the power of self-love, knowing that that is actually at the core of everything we do, how would you advise someone to nurture that as a mom or as a child, as a sister, as a friend, as a partner? How do we nurture that ability to inspire others to be their greatest version of themselves? Yeah, I think it's really about following your dreams and not being afraid to follow your dreams. And to make your dreams come true, you have to take action. And this is where I truly believe there's a difference. We we all dream and we all have hopes and goals and things that we want to do. But a lot of people then don't take those next steps, which in my mind is writing them down. It doesn't have to be massively elaborate, but writing down what they are. So you've got a little bit of a checklist to look at. And then it's taking a little step to move towards making that happen. So, um, you know, with my kids and obviously working in my industry, we'd sit down and we'd say, you know, where, where would we really like to go to? What do we want to do? And, and we'd set a goal and then I'd look to, okay, let's, let's book our flights. And then, you know, in six months' time or eight months' time, then we'd, we'd go. And so we had a whole plan. And we loved to sort of dream and sit together and work things out. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in the fairy tale endings. I like that sort of thing. And so I guess they're some of the places I've travelled to in the world sort of gravitate towards that. But it's just helping them grow. And um, my eldest son was struck with type 1 diabetes when he was 12. We were actually all talking about it because they've been up this weekend. We were talking about that all a couple of nights ago and the impact that that had. And I think you realise for us, you know, Lockie had always been so healthy, so active, um, so out there, and to suddenly be struck where, you know, literally he was fighting for survival and was in ICU for three or four days and we didn't know if he'd make it and then having to adjust to a whole new life of insulin injections and food and diet and everything else, I I think I've drawn my strength from watching him and how he's applied. Um, He's been so terrific with how he applies himself to his exercise and his food and making sure that he's fit and healthy. And he is. He's, He's fitter and healthier than most of us will ever be because it's that whole diligence and having a reason. And he knows that that's what's going to keep him thriving and living the best life. And I look at him and I'm just in awe, you know, for a teenage boy to suddenly decide, you know, I'm not eating anything bad because I want to keep my insulin levels right and things like that. I mean, it's remarkable stuff that you just wouldn't think. So I think if you really focus on things and believe in things and and channel your energies into that, you know, the world really is your oyster. You can achieve anything you want to. Um, But, you know, there will be obstacles along the way and there are some things that you can't always always fixed, but it's making the best of every situation and looking for the best opportunity in any any situation as well, I think. Very sound advice and certainly something that we can all adhere to. If you had one final message for our beautiful listeners and then perhaps you could give us your quote, your favourite quote at the moment, could you let us know what that would be, your final message and your quote? 
Yeah, my um, final message is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and give things a go. And my favourite quote and mantra, which I've always lived by, and it's always been my favourite, is if you always do what you've always done, you'll always have what you've always had. And I try to live my life by that in every single way because it, it sometimes it can be hard to change and push yourself out of your comfort zone, but that's where the best stuff lies and the, the biggest you know, we're here to live an amazing life and we have to push ourselves sometimes to live that amazing life. And so I do live by that, that, you know, change is scary, but it's also great and will open up new opportunities, um, new challenges and things that will just help you grow and expand. And to me, that's what life's all about. You know, we're here to, to grow, expand, learn and leave a legacy. And, you know, that's in all sorts of ways. It's, it's not all about material possessions and what your position is at work it's about living life and doing experiences and that's where I love to channel my energy you know it's challenged myself to do experiences or things that um, sometimes are scary but it's important to do I cannot thank you enough for your insights and your incredible and remarkable ability to stay remarkably calm and very, um, what I would say, level-headed. And if nothing else, this whole crisis, particularly for you and the industry that you so love and believe in, travel and events, which has completely rocked your world, if ever there was someone who I would recommend to follow and be a part of, it is definitely you, beautiful Zoe. You just have a way of making us all look on the bright side of life and I think your shine business your beautiful sunshine coast boxes all the things that you deliver to so many amazing souls not only here on the sunshine coast but throughout Australia and I know you touch people globally I just want to publicly thank you um, for all that you do and all that you give you have certainly supported me not only in launching my books but being available at events putting on events for me you've highlighted me. You have really helped to spread who I am and my work and my love around the powers of self-love and self-care. And I really do mean it from the bottom of my heart. I thank you for for being also a precious friend. Um, I I really do hope that the industry somehow um, does resurge and does come back and is bigger and better than ever before. But I want you to know that we're all beside you and holding you as much as you are for everybody else to encourage you to keep focus on our future for us to know that we will one day travel again um, and we will also get to be you know living the dreams that we all have but one thing I've taken away from you today is that just because this is going on doesn't mean that your dream has to stop it may take a pivot it may take a different viewpoint but certainly from you it is always looking for the opportunity and being mindful that challenge is actually a part of growth if people wanted to follow you and to be a part of your world where could we get hold of you sweetheart yeah the, well the best one is is at shine business women in everything on all social media channels and we have a website shinebusinesswomen.com as well uh, and i also have my own web pages um, and details at zoesparks.com so would love to hear from anybody that you know I, I love sharing stories so if you've got a great story you'd love me to share I'd love to hear from you and I'm very easy to find on social media and, and quite responsive so would love to hear from you always looking for ways that we can um, 
grow our relationships with others as well. And um, right back at you, Kim, you're a person that I've admired and loved for so, so long. And I always learn something from you every time I, I do one of your workshops and one of your events. And I love that you're so grounding and so embracing of people. You know, it's absolutely tremendous what you do because you do it in a very uplifting and inspiring way as well. So thank you because you're a big contributor to what we do and always have been, which is great. You're such a gem. I really I haven't even mentioned the fact that you've written so many books and that all of these will be available. You're an amazing writer, as you say. You love doing it and you love reading. So books, you introduced me to the publishers for my book. I'm very mm-hmm. grateful for that. Um, so, yeah, if you would love, just, just tell us quickly some of the topics that you, of your books just so that people might be keen to get a couple on their, into their hot little hands. Yeah, so I have a business trilogy, which is a small um, they're small business book. One is about um, Strive and Thrive, which is 100 tips to help you get started and set up and how to, um, how to create business and what, what to do. Then we have one that's called Healthy and Wealthy, which is all about following, um, again, making sure that you're looking after yourself as well as your business so that both of you are healthy and, and thriving and, um, and doing well. And then Award and Reward, which is, um, as I talked about at the very beginning, I've always been very passionate about reward and recognition and uplifting other people and, um, and doing that, which is great. And then I have two other books, which are both called Shining the Spotlight. One is the first book and then the next one is The Journey Continues. And they both contain over 50 stories of the women that we've showcased and, and talked about. And um, they're fantastic books because not only do you get the story of the um, of the that particular woman, you also get her tips to success and an insight as to how she's achieved or what she's done. And again, they cover all levels. So, you know, there's startups, there's people who are employees, there's people that are looking at volunteering or what do I do? There's always some golden nuggets in there, which is, which is terrific. So uh, that's the way I sort of head down now is, is supporting others and trying to uplift and shine the light on other people. You do it remarkably. Beautiful books. Please, listeners, get your hands on them. Make sure you go to her beautiful pages. I'll have them all in the notes for you. She is definitely someone you want in your world. Not only if you're doing really well and you want to expand your business and your entrepreneurship or even your dream to be an entrepreneur or business owner, but also if you're struggling because there is nothing nicer than connecting with people who understand you, love you no matter what, and certainly embrace you. And that is the work of of Zoe Sparks. Thank you so much, my dear friend. It's been a privilege to have you on the Self Love oh, Podcast. You. It's been great to chat. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.